Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. More than a month after Operation Guardian of the Walls ended, the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has not been stabilized. No mechanism has been established for rebuilding the structures and streets destroyed in Gaza during the recent fighting. The monthly infusion of cash from Qatar was frozen, pending the verification, of course, that it only be used for salaries and civilian projects, not for Hamas preparations for the next round of hostilities. Within the Hamas leadership, Yahya Sinwal's power is less secure than it used to be, what does it all mean to the new team at the helm here in Jerusalem? To further analyze this topic, we're joined from central Israel by Dr. Eran Lerman, who is a co-host of TV7's Middle East Review, vice president of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and a lecturer at Shalom College in Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure as usual. Also joining us from central Israel is Colonel in Reserve Miri Eisen, who is an Israeli public diplomacy, security, and intelligence expert at the Institute for Counterterrorism at IDC Herzliya. Thank you for joining us as well. Shalom to all. And with us in the studio is our TV7 analyst and host of Watchman Talk, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, Gaza is a challenge that Israel had to, uh, has to deal with and had to deal with for quite some time now. Uh, the complexities are numerous, uh, of course, both on the military level as well as on the civilian level. Uh, give us a little bit of an understanding of where is the current state of affairs placed at and where we uh, expect it to head in the near future. Well, several times in the past, uh, we talked um, in this uh, studio about um, Israel's policy uh, which is called the campaign between the wars. And that is uh, to uh, employ force only um, as far as uh, it does not ignite a new war and at the same time degrade from whatever uh, is being built up on the other side, be it Hezbollah or Hamas, uh, so that if uh, the next war comes, there will be um, less so on the other side. So it turns out that there is a mirror image, a small mirror, but a mirror image of that in the Hamas policy. Hamas is trying to provoke Israel to respond, uh, but not uh, in any forceful way. Hamas does not want Israel to go on another such campaign, uh, which uh, took uh, quite a heavy toll from Hamas itself, as well as from the population in Gaza. And therefore, it has uh, tried the incendiary balloons, uh, no rockets yet, mostly, but uh, incendiary balloons, hoping that Israel will not respond uh, the way it did uh, when rockets are being launched. It was surprised, in a way, because the new uh, team in Jerusalem uh, made uh, good on its pledge to look at each balloon as if it was a rocket and launch uh, Air Force strikes. After a couple of days, it died down, um, at least for the time being, could uh, uh, be resumed uh, any time. 
But the basic problems, as you mentioned, were not solved yet. And therefore, the uh, four major players here, and that is Israel, Hamas, Egypt, and Qatar, the provider of the money, uh, are still negotiating some solution um, in order to uh, avert a new campaign. Indeed. I'd like to revert my first question to Dr. Lehrman. To what degree is Israel truly resolved in, uh, of course, declaratively speaking, it states uh, repeatedly that the equation has changed and uh, any element of hostility that emanates from the Hamas-controlled territory will be treated equally uh, in uh, a sense of, as Mr. Owen has stated, aerial strikes and uh, more offensive, more aggressive, more innovative uh, in order to ensure that uh, the Hamas uh, organization as well as the other Islamist groups in Gaza are truly deterred. Uh, but is there enough political uh, capital uh, on the international stage for Israel to truly follow through on such a pledge? Well, um, clearly um, the international community understands that uh, the use of uh, provocations from the Palestinian side will be answered uh, with, viol well, let's say measured violence uh, on, uh, on, the, uh, on the part of Israel and the uh, Israeli, new Israeli government is actually enjoying a much broader um, scope of understanding from the international community because people do understand that it is being judged by the Israeli people uh, for its ability to respond. And uh, there is very broad support across the spectrum in Israel, uh, going way to the left because, of course, uh, many of the people who live in the immediate area around Gaza belong to uh, historically to, to movements associated with the Labour Party. Um, there is broad support for the argument that uh, attacks on the villages and towns near Gaza uh, what we call Otef Aza, the uh, envelope of Gaza, uh, should be treated as severely as if uh, Tel Aviv or Jerusalem uh, came under attack. The, the, the kind of uh, <coughs> two norms, one applying to the heartland and one applying to the periphery, has, uh, has turned out to be a mistake. So I think in this respect, yes, we're going to see uh, a more uh, intense reactions to things that in the past were somehow uh, uh, tolerated. And this is the position of both the IDF as an institution and the new government. Indeed, Colonel uh, Eisen, however, <coughs> with all that being said and done, when it comes to practical terms, since 2007, when the Islamist Hamas organization seized control of the Gaza Strip, the so-called Gaza envelope or periphery communities have <laughs> been crying quite literally, as well as metaphorically, with regard to the uh, situation they have found themselves in, in which sporadic rockets, uh, rounds of fighting are not something that is strange to them, and, and yet repeated governments, uh, the majority of which, of course, have been under the former Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, have failed, even though being depicted as more uh, militaristic, uh, in uh, uh, various terms, 
it still was not truly able to provide the the aspired security which uh, the residents of southern Israel deserve. And the uh, equation between Sderot and Tel Aviv has not been equal in all measures. How can you see that? Let's add in a bit more data. Right now we have, not in what I would call a left-wing party, in a centrist party, two new Knesset members, both of whom live literally 800 meters from the Gaza Strip delineation line. They're members of Knesset. They are now in the foreign affairs and security aspects. And I sat and listened both to Amir and to Iran. And I want to offer an additional framing, Jonathan, because we keep looking at this through military eyes. And even more so, we keep looking at this through the policy that was defined by the government of Israel under Prime Minister Olmert in 2007, 14 years ago. That has been the policy. It has not changed, meaning that containment that we like to talk about, the isolation, not just of Hamas, a terror organization, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a terror organization, but the sidelining and isolation of the entire Gaza Strip, that separation of it from the West Bank You didn't mention in your introduction in the different players, the West Bank or the Palestinian Authority. So for a moment, I'm just going to try and challenge ourselves and say, is it time after 14 years to look at this policy and question its capability to achieve what you just asked? Maybe there's a different policy. It hasn't worked until now by military force. All it's done is constantly put it off. What if we try something else? And by asking that question, already people are going, what is she talking about? But there are other alternatives. You can decide other policies. It's a question of choosing to do so. It's not only military. That's not the only way to go about. We could approach it in a different way. Nevertheless, Mr. Owen, when we're talking about uh, the the various policies, and I apologize, Colonel Eisen, but uh, in the recent seven years, there's been a clear policy, uh, not necessarily on the political level, but on the humanitarian level, uh, quote unquote, uh, which was implemented uh, gradually uh, in order to improve the lives of the residents of the Hamas-controlled territory, all the while remembering that it is controlled by Hamas. How do you see this uh, on the one hand with regard to the fact that after 2004, where we had uh, Protective Edge, Operation Protective Edge, uh, quite uh, the intensive uh, 50-something days of fighting, uh, bring about seven years of relative quiet, at least uh, in the context of uh, Israeli quiet, and then uh, we saw a, a conflagration come out of uh, a reality in which I don't think the, the Palestinian organizations in Gaza were quite uh, astute or expecting such a retaliation from Israel to something to do with sporadic rocket fire once more. So there are several elements here, uh, not necessarily in order of priority. One is that Egypt controls uh, one of uh, the uh, passages into 
and out of uh, Gaza, the Rafa crossing, um, over which Israel does not have control. Uh, Israel does control the uh, uh, two other, the central and the northern uh, crossings. So uh, if Egypt saw fit to let uh, Hamas um, cross into uh, Egypt, uh, of course, uh, it would have uh, needed understandings. Hamas uh, not uh, being in cahoots with the Muslim Brotherhood and other uh, problems uh, which are really um, acute between the Egyptians and the Palestinians. This is not uh, something over which Israel has control. It has some influence, but not control. The, the real mm -hmm. problem, and um, granted, Israel did not fulfill its entire part of the 2014 understandings, which were really a rehash of the 2012 Neither did Hamas. Yes, but Israel could have done more. There were proposals by the military, by the coordination of government activities in the territories, even by several ministers. Israel could have been more generous, could have taken more risks by letting more workers, for instance, come into Israel from Gaza in order to have their livelihood uh, improved because, of course, one breadwinner uh, can support five, six, ten of his relatives in Gaza. It, and the security services were ready to authorize it. But the government did not. The um, Netanyahu government had a policy of separating the West Bank from Gaza. And uh, the um, uh, Hamas responded by insisting on monopoly over whatever happens in Gaza. And uh, it seems counterintuitive. Why don't they let lorries get into Gaza with medicine, foodstuff, and other um, goods for the uh, population. Because, like a criminal gang, they want to be the masters over everything. This has to do with their internal strife against Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian Authority, even more than it has to do with the Hamas versus Israel problem. Also, there is the problem of four Israelis, two dead and two alive, held by uh, Hamas, and this is a bottleneck. Until this is solved by Israel releasing several, perhaps hundreds, of um, convicted terrorists held in its jails, nothing will probably be done. So the years go on, 2012 or earlier, 2009, um, Operation Cast Lead, then Pillar of Defense, 2012. Then, as you said, Protective Edge, now Guardian of the Walls, and the next campaign is already in the works. And someone must intervene from the outside and cut the Gordian knot. But as you said, and I'd like to ask you, uh, Dr. Lerman, Egypt has one of those borders. Of course, there are plenty of challenges between Egypt and Gaza, uh, <coughs> seeing the fact that Egypt views the Muslim Brotherhood, which uh, uh, Hamas is an offshoot of, 
as a terrorist organization yep. and regards it legally as such. Uh, nonetheless, it is doing everything in order to alleviate the, the situation uh, between Israel and Gaza for multiple uh, reasons uh, from its own perspective. But earlier this week, we had uh, a very interesting meeting between the United Nations coordinator uh, or envoy uh, for the Middle East peace process, Tor Venislant, who met with the leader of the Islamist Hamas organization in Gaza, uh, Yahya Sinwal, during which, and I have uh, a couple of quotes from that specific, uh, uh, following that specific meeting, which was said by Sinwal, who actually depicted the meeting as bad. It wasn't positive at all, he said. Uh, we made clear to the delegation that we will hold a meeting of all the national and Islamic parties in the Gaza Strip to decide our next step, of course, indicating already uh, their potential interest of uh exacerbating the situation on the ground in one way or another. And then, again, that equation of is Israel capable of truly responding to everything that is going to happen uh, is a big question mark. And then he said something else, of course, accusing Israel naturally, calling it the occupation is preventing fuel to be imported for the electricity facility, uh, preventing fishermen from fishing deep at sea to bring food for their children and preventing the access of international aids, including the Qatari aid to the poor families. It, uh, referring to Israel, is punishing every Palestinian in the Gaza Strip. All the while, as Mr. Owen just mentioned, Hamas is not truly interested in having the Palestinian Authority, which uh, Colonel Eisen mentioned that should be a factor in this story, uh, be part of anything that has to do with the Gaza Strip. So how does that actually work hand in hand in a reality where the people of Gaza are truly the ones suffering alongside the residents of southern Israel? Well, clearly... Uh the population of Gaza is now the hostage of uh, Hamas policy. Hamas policy is not oriented towards uh, pro providing a better life to the people under their control, although the United Nations uh, and others are regarding, and you know, before him, uh, Meladenov used to speak of these, this as a de facto government, but they're not acting as a government. They're acting as an insurrection a revolutionary regime that aims to uh, overthrow uh, the Palestinian Authority in Ramallah and ultimately, of course, also as a goal, as a, maybe a fantasy, but a vision or a vision, uh, overthrow uh, Israel as well. And, and so this uh, nature of Hamas as an insurrection, as a, as a terrorist organization, stands in the way of providing uh, um, a normal life to the uh, majority of people in Gaza. Israel and, uh, and Egypt uh, share a, an interest in uh, finding a, a solution to this situation. Now, the Egyptians have made a very dramatic move uh, during the fighting in May, uh, announcing that they would put in half a billion dollars. Uh, well, one wonders if it is really their own money. Egypt is, is not a prosperous country. Uh, but they will. Uh, they, it was very clear that they have. Uh, in, in, they see the Qatari uh, suitcases and the Turkish intervention in the affairs of Gaza as a strategic problem, not perhaps a threat, but a problem. So they speak to Hamas on one hand, but they seek also to weaken the grip of Hamas over the population in Gaza and provide as much as possible the direct support 
to the to the people in Gaza. We saw this immediately after the fighting uh, ended. Uh, lorries did drive in from Ga- from Egypt uh, with pictures of Sisi, and and there were signs of gratitude from the on the part of the uh, local population. This is probably worrying uh, Hamas. We also pick up indications that there are tensions within Hamas. Uh, Sinwar perhaps is more interested in in stabilizing his governance by finding some solutions for the people. Mohammed Def, the military uh, commander, who was uh, a secretive and uh, wounded individual, uh, literally speaking, um, uh, is is more interested in sustaining the uh, Hamas image as a jihadi organization. And this may have been also at the root of the uh, outbreak of violence in May. So this this is a very, very complicated equation. I believe that uh, for lack of, uh, of a better option, uh, Israel will need to work very, very closely with the Egyptians, um, measuring its actions uh, and its responses uh, in line with what the Egyptians need in order to convey a, a, the right message to Hamas. And um, the willingness to act militarily on one hand and to uh, deliver humanitarian solutions on the other are all part of this uh, ongoing Egyptian effort. And I agree with what was said here earlier by uh, Amir. Uh, the, the problem of the four individuals, the two bodies of our so- officer and soldier who are uh, held by Hamas and the two, um, let's say, mentally challenged individuals who crossed over Gaza, one uh, an Ethiopian immigrant, the other uh, an Arab, are held by Hamas as hostages against all uh, human conducts of behavior, uh, rules of behavior. <clears throat> this stands in the way of, uh, of an, a broader arrangement that Israel is seriously contemplating. There would be far-reaching measures to make life uh, better uh, for people in Gaza, but the uh, uh, popular opinion in Israel requ- uh, re- demands that the government first sp- brings this to a solution. Uh, there's a sentiment in support of, uh, of the families who await uh, their loved ones, dead mm-hmm. or alive, and, uh, and at the same time opposing uh, uh, excessive Hamas uh, demands. Sinwa played with the number 1111 uh, presumably the number of terrorists he, he was demanding. Uh, this is obviously uh, ir- an irrational expectation. So this stands in the way of uh, a solution at this stage. Colonel Eisen, uh, you spoke, uh, of course, about the Palestinian Authority and, and the need for them to become a factor because they have uh, both Israeli legitimacy on the one hand, as well as international legitimacy, and they should have been uh, still today in, in the Gaza Strip under all agreements uh, between Israel and the Palestinians uh, throughout uh, the the past several decades. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is that the last round of elections in 2006, Hamas was the one who won uh, the elections for the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority, the leadership at that time, did not accept uh, the outcome of the uh, uh, democratic election, so to speak. And then uh, now when elections were once again uh, about to get held, uh, again, uh, Palestinian president, who is the Palestinian Authority chairman as well, 
uh, he rejected uh, uh, or postponed the election to an indefinite date because uh, there is uh, uh, various issues surrounding Jerusalem, at least according to him. So uh, to what degree can this uh, so-called secular nationalist organizations of the current Palestinian Authority, which is headquartered in Ramallah, actually contribute to a factor uh, which is dealing with an organization that is Islamist by definition. Under its charter, it calls for the uh, annihilation of Israel or the overthrowing of the colonialists, uh, which it refers to Israel, uh, by Islam rather than Hamas proper, and is seeking to do so also against the the secular Fatah, which also is considered to be an enemy in, in its own regard. So how can such a complex situation be dealt with in a truly pragmatic way? When we talk about pragmatism, that doesn't necessarily mean that we give all of our strength up. We're here. Israel is strong. We just showed in the month of May, certainly to Hamas, the terror organization, and Palestinian jihadists and others, our capabilities, our military intelligence, um, amazing capabilities. And I say that because we looked at it all of the time through as if in another minute, Hamas is about to overtake us. Jonathan, I don't think that Hamas is about to overtake us. I think that we can withstand Hamas. But when we talk about pragmatism, what I'm asking is, what are we doing that is not different? We need to make a change. The policy that we have had for the last 14 years has not changed the equation that you started with. For the people who live in the Gaza communities that surround the Gaza Strip for the last 14 years, when it fires, when there's um, balloons, terror balloons, when there are the short-range mortars, it happens to them not to me in central Israel, not to you in Jerusalem. And even with this government that said every balloon I will respond, I don't see them continuing that. What I'm asking is what could we do otherwise? It is not that the Palestinian Authority is a democracy. Elections do not a democracy make. The 2006 elections did not turn the Palestinian Authority with Fatah and the seculars or Hamas into a democracy. And within this complicated situation, I want to think outside the box. I want us to think that there are other possibilities that we don't bring up at all. That we would, with the world, bring about a situation that the Palestinian Authority comes back to the Gaza Strip. That that would be better for the people. Now, what's my challenge that you pose so well also? Hamas would get all of the, if Hamas gets all of the, um, Um, all of that, I can't think of the word right now, if they get all of the kavod, all of the honor for that happening, that's a problem. But I don't think that's where Hamas is right now. I think Mm -hmm. that it's a very challenging, complicated situation and that we can allow ourselves to look at it in a different way. And we don't have to stay in the same equation of Hamas firing, can't do anything about them, terror organization. Let's try and break that mold. Well, with the new government in Jerusalem, hopefully they will come up with uh, new policies that will change the equation on the ground and uh, will make uh, the lives of so many people so much better. Uh, but this is all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank Colonel Eisen, Dr. Lehrman, and Mr. Olin for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time.
Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.